And all this will be part of the podcast? Yeah, this, yes. um, we're actually, this is part of the episode. Okay. Um, Have we been, everything we've been saying this whole time is, is part of the episode? Yeah, when Just we were before Gus 40 got minute mark. Yep, we're 40 minutes oh, in. Oh my god, oh, okay. I, you, I might ask you to cut some stuff out. If that's okay, um, Tony, Tony hasn't learned that skill yet, so we've uh, we've kind of just been able to have to leave everything in. We tend to not really bother him with asking him to edit things. He just kind of has his own system, and we just hope that he does it right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. So he just he just does whatever he wants, and that's just how it goes. Yeah, we well, just give it like, to him. We're we're intimidated by him. It's kind of like a kick in the bees nest situation where it's like we don't want to ask him to do something because he'll do the opposite and kind of hurt us. So we just are afraid. <laughs> It'll of him. always be a whole ordeal. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty intimidated of Tony too. It's yeah. a huge power dynamic. I am. Sway. I am so frightened of Tony. I, <laughs> I I opened my eyes at 3 a.m. this morning and he was standing over me and I think he was mouthing, "You son of a bitch," and that's I think all that I could hear. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, that sounds terrible. That actually happened to me this morning, too, so I don't know how he got into my house. Kind of fucked up that Tony's breaking uh, social distancing just to tell you that you're a son of a bitch. <laughs> just to intimidate me. <laughs> well, you know, not all life can shut down, you know. <laughs> Tony's got stuff to do. What are he we was supposed- wearing a mask, to be fair. Then how could you? I like that you said from the start he was mouthing it, and not saying it. But you yeah. can tell through the mask that he was. Well, saying yeah, that. okay. So to be fair, I just assume he was mouthing you, son of a bitch. I just saw that his mouth was moving. I think I think he forgot he was wearing the mask, and so he was mouthing something, thinking I could see it, but I couldn't. And so now he you've heard what he mouthed to me, and we can only assume that it was probably something similar. Yeah, I would assume so. I feel like he feels the same way about me. Tony was just concernedly checking up on both of you while, like, chewing some stride gum or something. <laughs> All right, you're doing well. He's plotting to, to kill me. <laughs> this is how it feels to chew five gums standing over someone's <laughs> head. All right, we're, we're keeping all this, but we got to do a, an official intro to the podcast. Gus, this is your time. It's time to go introduce the podcast. Bring us bring us in. That oh, Welcome dude, back okay, to the so Gus cool. Nettie Podcast, guys. This is podcast... Fucking, I don't know, 13 in quarantine. Um, I, I'm not on the set. Uh, Gus isn't on the set. So, and, and our guest, Danny Gonzalez, is not on the set. Get I'm on the us. set. Sick of doing what you tell me to do. <laughs> I actually am on the set. You're, on, you're in my apartment right now? Yeah, I don't know where everyone is, but I'm on the set. Oh, wow. Um, oh. Can you uh, bring my mail in? There's some outside the door. Uh no, I'm just I, I'm just on the set, man. I don't know what any of that shit I don't, means. I don't know, bro. bro that's a felony. Is. I don't want to. <laughs> um, well, welcome, Danny. The the I also have to give an explanation for people who are thinking, why is it taking so long for Danny to be on the podcast? Isn't he one of your friends? Um, yeah, can you explain that to me too? Well, <laughs> you know, before until you know the world went crazy, we only had guests live, and then I was like, oh. Quarantine will end, and so I don't want to waste uh, Danny's first appearance on a quarantine one. And now quarantine seems much longer than we originally thought. So this is the. It does first. seem a lot longer. Um, Did you guys um, ever like make predictions about when you thought quarantine would end at the beginning? I thought it was going to be June in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I had I, a um, like a, a wager with my parents where we all wrote down what we thought and Laura when we thought quarantine was going to end. And so far, uh, Laura and I are still right, but my parents were very wrong. What did they say? Oh, no. 
So my dad was the most wrong. He thought May 15th. Oh, my man. mom thought June 12th, which is my birthday. So she was hoping that I would have a nice birthday. Um, Laura thought August 1st, and then I wrote August 2nd, just uh, to, you know, so I would win if any time after her <laughs> right. date was correct. Price is right, it, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't think we're, uh, we're ending this on August 1st, so I think, <laughs> yeah. I think you won, Dan. <laughs> yeah, I, I won the... looking good. I think I won the worst prize. <laughs> That's I don't done it. especially I, I mentioned right before um, not to have too much Corona talk, but I mentioned right before the the Drew episode. I realized that we've all missed uh, VidCon, which is our yearly boys reunion. So I think before next VidCon, we should have just a boy a boys vacation, and that's my suggestion I, when everything I goes back to normal. That. I like that. Sven sent me a picture like yesterday or the day before, and it was like the one year ago today snapshot recommendation, and it was me, Eddie, Tony, Jakey, Sven crammed into an Uber on the way to Anaheim, and I was just like, fucking oh, hell, dude, that's a heartbreaker. Yeah, we should just rent out that same house in Anaheim just some random weekend. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> and still go to the convention center, whatever's going on there. It's like a um, WNBA game Dude, or that would actually be kind of fun if we just found some like niche convention going on at the Anaheim Convention Center and just <laughs> all went like pottery con or something. All right, let's go. Yeah. I had a really weird experience with the convention center where uh I think well for you guys, have you ever been there other than the two VidCons we went to or Danny, I think you went to three, but other than VidCon, have you ever been to the Anaheim Convention Center? Um I have my so we went to Disneyland one year um, when I was like in high school because my mom was going to a convention that was there. Okay. I didn't actually go to it though, but that was my first exposure to the Anaheim Convention Center. Okay, because yeah, I had only been there from the two VidCons, and then right before uh, everything you know went crazy, I went to Disneyland and we stayed at the the Hilton, which is like pretty much connected to it. And so walking there late at night, I didn't know how close we were. And we turned a corner and it was just, you know, that long open row of, of palm trees. Yeah. And it just felt so weird because I just walked randomly into two years of summer memories with you guys. But it was just completely empty and dark. And it was oh, just, it damn. was very, it was really weird to walk through because it was like walking through two of the most important trips of my young life where it's just like yeah. a, a, a quarantine, like, I mean, not quarantine, but like dead zone, you know, it's really weird. Yeah, it sounds so sad. Yeah. But that was Didn't when Disney I thought VidCon was still Yeah. Disney World did open today, dude. <laughs> what? Did you guys see that video that they released of all the workers wearing masks and saying, welcome home? Dude, it's so fucking creepy. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's it feels like Bioshock Infinite propaganda or something like that. Like I went to I saw a Reddit thread where they linked to like the official uh, Disney Parks YouTube channel and it was just that video and I was just like, "Oh, I can't wait to see the comments and dislikes on this one." And everyone was like overwhelming support like, "Yay, I can't I'm going to be back there." It's like you're gonna die. What are you Dude, doing? I oh think my God. I that's think that's such I could, a bad idea. Yeah, I think I could all fairly classify. I think knowing off the three of us that we're like dipping our toes in being theme park people, but are not like intense theme park people. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'd love to go to Disneyland, but I'm not gonna fucking get excited about it now. You know what I mean? No. Like, uh, no, and like I, I was can't a get pass my hopes holder up now. Guy. It's also like, what are they really, it's, if you think about it, it's just based on kind of like public fear. So think about the case numbers when Disney World closed 
and it's so astronomically high compared to there, or then especially Florida. And they're just yeah. like, yeah, guys, we can't hear you over the teacup rides. We're just going to open anyways. Teacup rides are way too loud. Yeah, dude, that's a good point. Why are they opening up now? It's so much worse than when they closed. Yeah, I want to see. Like- I literally opened up Twitter right now, and the top suggested headline is Walt Disney World reopens as Florida sees record COVID-19 cases. I'm going to look oh up God. when Disney World closed and then look up the case numbers. Um, just to compare. So when did Di- Disney World close? It was March 12th. I'm going to search coronavirus cases March 12th. Okay. So, um, fuck. I, I just got articles. Not exactly. It's like a, you guys uh, stall for me as I look up this answer. <laughs> um, I, did I mention I'm actually going to Disney World next week? <laughs> <laughs> This bit's killing Danny. Keep doing it. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm finding, like, reports of the day, but not with... Okay, as infections in the U.S. Okay. Here, just the rhetoric of this. So this was the day Disney World closed compared to now. But as infections in the U.S. soar past 1,200. Oh, boy. Right now, I think yesterday we had 70,000 70, yesterday. Jesus oh my god! Christ. And so, Wait, so, what's the day that it closed? March twelfth. Okay, so in Florida, March twelfth. Uh, oh, this only goes back to March fourteenth. But there were thirty-eight new cases uh, that day. Okay. And then t- today there are eleven thousand new cases. <laughs> Come on, oh dude! God. How could they make that video? Like, welcome home. That's insane. Yeah. It's like welcome home. You know how everyone at your house is gonna get you sick and kill your old family members. Welcome it's, home. It's like if you walked out of school for a fire drill because there was a small fire and they welcomed you back into school as like every window had flames coming out of it. Yeah, like, what all your teachers fuck? are wearing gas masks and holding axes in case they need to chop down your door. Yeah, and it's like something is so extra added creepy about. When Disney can be seen as creepy, it's just extra creepy. You know what I yeah. mean? So, like, welcome home just feels... You can't say the phrase welcome home if you have... It's a small world as a ride in your park. Like, yeah. it's fucking terrifying. <laughs> also, have you guys seen in It's a Small World, they added, like, Woody and a couple of characters. But, like, w- the Toy Story characters look fucking horrible. I That's think I did canon. see that. They're, yeah, I feel like I noticed that last time I was there. Yeah, and it's uh, it, they don't look like the toys. They look like the small world doll versions of the toys. Yeah, oh, which is creepy because because the dolls are meant to look like like human children, but cute versions. So they turned like toys into cute looking children looking dolls. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I'm sure they wrote that on the plan for adding Woody. (laughs) They're like, well, we can't just put... The the thing is, there's Woody toys. They could have just put one sitting on, like, a shelf, and it would have been fine. Yeah, Yeah. honestly. Hide him like a little elf on the shelf kind of guy or something. Like, find the Woody. Also, yeah, the surprising thing that I never knew, because I had never been on It's a Small World until March... Is that the ceiling in there is like regular office building <laughs> ceiling? Yeah. Dude, I noticed that too. It's like drop ceiling. It's so goddamn weird. It's it, like you're so, just in a, uh, like an office building riding on a riverboat. It's so fucking bizarre. That ride already looks enough like it was made by like kindergartners for like the school play. <laughs> yeah. Like all the sets just look like they're made out of like cardboard and construction paper. And then the, the roof looks like the roof of like a classroom. 
Yeah, so it's the, so the whole man. thing just looks like a kindergarten project. <laughs> and especially, it would be one thing if you didn't look up, but they have things hanging and moving from the ceiling the whole time. You're like, yeah, this this fucking like styrofoam panels. Like, is there asbestos up there? Like, it looks <laughs> so much. Is it still from the '60s? I have so many questions. Which is so weird because Disney's usually so good about like making you feel outside when you're inside, like the Pirates ride. Yeah, you just feel like so immersed. But then that ride, they were like, "Fuck it, office ceiling." Yeah, <laughs> dude. Also, one thing I, I felt really happy about is I got to go on Rise of the Resistance right before quarantine, and that ride. Oh, I'm not gonna say a thing about it because I don't want to spoil the ride for anybody. That ride is fucking the craziest like event so ride that- I've ever been on. That's not the Millennium Falcon one, right? No, That's it's a, a new, new one. one. It's a new one, yeah. Dude, last VidCon, um, I wanted to go to Star Wars Land so bad because it had just opened. Right. Um, but there, like the one day that we could have gone, Laura and Amanda decided to, to go because Drew and I were like busy all day. We had like our panel that day and also meet and greets in the morning. So they were like, well, this will be the perfect day for us to go. Um, well, I forget what we had that day, but it ended up getting canceled um, so like I was, I was like free all day that day and Laura and Amanda were at Disneyland, oh, but like man. I couldn't go oh, no. because I, I, there was one thing that I had to be back in time for, but like I could have gone if I had known from the start, but I just never got to go. Was that that day that you just ended up like napping instead? Cause I remember running, yeah. you, I ran into you like twice in the lobby and you're like, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything to do. So <laughs> I'm uh, just going to go to sleep. Dude, VidCon last year for you and Drew was so busy. Like you guys had so much shit you had to do i know well that's why i'm so mad that it got canceled this year because like i think i only signed up for like one thing yeah so i would have had so much more free time to hang with the boys but yeah i didn't realize how because that was the first time that like any of us were featured so i did not realize all of the work that being featured could entail right and the the sad thing is like we were moving toward this next one being the vidcon where we were finally all featured creators that were invited yeah and then, you know, uh, I, this is not the biggest tragedy that's happened during quarantine at all. Where it's yeah. like, this I didn't is get probably to be a the worst creator. thing about COVID-19. Yeah. <laughs> the worst thing is I didn't get my yellow badge for the first time. My <laughs> backstage to... pass. To <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be crawling through the mud like a, like a purple pass mongrel next year. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I think if I have the yellow pass, I would be considered an essential worker. I don't know about you guys. I think that makes me important enough where I would be considered essential to society. Yeah. Even outside of VidCon, if you just wear that yellow badge around, (laughs) like, like a Michaels, you can get in and, and just do whatever. Yeah, I use that to like get into bars. I uh, updated my DMV information with that gold pass. They didn't even ask for photo ID at all. Instead of a license plate, I have that pass and the lanyard just taped and hanging from my car. <laughs> it's like trailing <laughs> off the back of your car, blowing in the wind. Dude, uh, also, um, I just remember like with last year too, it was such a... It was like I don't blame people at VidCon at all cuz like I feel like there's there are moments where it's like how could they not give, you know, Jakey a pass for security and then you realize how big YouTube is and you're like they don't fucking they can't keep track of everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's yeah. crazy how many people like I used to think it's crazy how many people have like a million subscribers that you've never heard of. But now there's like people with like 15 million subscribers that I've never heard of. I know, oh, man. Yeah. 
Dude, I opened up Twitter today, and this isn't YouTube specific, but I saw like a famous, I think he was like an Indian actor got sick or something like that. And I was like, oh, who, have I seen this guy in a movie? The dude had like fucking 44 million Twitter followers. I'm Whoa. just like, I just don't know who anyone is on the internet anymore. Like, what the fuck? You know? Yeah, oh my God. I remember that feeling. I think I've, I've definitely mentioned this on the podcast before where I remember, I think I was like 11 or 12. And I found a guy's YouTube channel that had a million subscribers and I'd never heard of him. And I remember it dawning on me like, oh, this is getting big enough where I just won't know the whole community ever again. Like, there's just no way. And now it's like we do it as our job. And I'll be like, oh, this guy's awesome. How many subs does he have? And they're kind of in our circles. And you'll be like, oh, three million. How the fuck did I not ever know? (laughs) I feel like the most embarrassed, too, when it's like you meet somebody because at these conventions, you meet so many people. And then it's like you see them again. And I'm like, I'd have definitely had a conversation with this guy. Couldn't even begin to tell you who that is. I hate that feeling That's, so much. Where it's like you just I've see had, so many people. Yeah, I've had I, I have people that I like run into sometimes, and I have had like really good conversations with, but still to this day like don't know what they do or like why I started mm-hmm. talking to them in the first place. But I'm like, oh, he's a nice guy. And then but yeah, I don't remember his name mm-hmm. or what he does. You'll see them at the next convention, and I'm not faking even pleasant to those people. I actually want to talk to them again, but then I'm like, what the fuck? I should have looked this up. Like, what am I doing? Yeah, um, that's right. Phil DeFranco has had to remind all of us who he was multiple times. He's, he's kind of, I would say, he's like the, a groupie to the boys. I would say, I'd yeah, say he it's just hard to keep track of like smaller creators like him. Yeah, it's like especially mm-hmm. I, with that name, it's like it's, it's usually I'm thinking Flip, and it's never Flip to Flabio. It's and he has to remind me uh-huh. always. It's Phil. Dude, DeF- I wish I could meet Flip to Flabio. He at sounds Con. fucking great. He sounds like yeah. a, like a fun time. But yeah, we're stuck with uh, good old Philly D. Um, yeah. and so, uh, cross to bear, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, we had actually, oh, wait, no, I can't mention it on the podcast. Never mind. I was going to, it's a, it's a merch plan thing that I have, but I can't talk about it yet. Um, uh, we just go steal all of Phil's clothes out of his drawers and then sell it. them on <laughs> Craigslist. <laughs> I think, well, what was there? Um, Gus, was it with me and you or, or me and Jay, somebody I was on stream with, we were joking about, uh, adopting one of phil's kids to him yeah yeah we said we're gonna take him <laughs> i just we'll just yeah it was like we were just like we'll take what we, i think you said like the old one we'll take the old one <laughs> yeah, off your hands old. I said, not the is, older one the yeah. old one i was i was happy i'm pretty sure i said something that nobody like caught it was something like just i figured it'd, it'd be easiest because he's the most developed and i meant like <laughs> skills wise and not like anything <laughs> else so weird, but luckily dude. like nobody focused on it, so it's oh, like, no. all right. I just meant like if I'm just getting a mystery. Yeah, kid here. okay, guy. Right. <laughs> eat out of that bowl, pee in that bowl, sleep in that bowl. You know, like he's got his bowl stuff figured out. Already. Yeah. <laughs> Do you, uh, you guys remember what age you were when you figured out which bowls were which? No, I used to pee in the sleeping bowl, eat in the peeing bowl. Dude, it was so confusing. Dude, I still get them mixed up on the rag. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Danny, are you still using your training bowls? So, I'm so, what define training bowl the bowl the bowls that you use up up until you're 12 until you get your adult bowls like your adult yeah, sleeping they, bowl your adult poop bowl they um, still have the bumpers on them I remember my parents saying something about they're gonna get me adult bowls soon but they just I don't think they've gotten around to it yet so you still have the bowls um, with the two mini wheels tied to the side of them or not tied <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean I just, screwed <laughs> tied it's like a rope yeah <laughs> 
Yeah, I just can't balance on the the adult bowl by myself. So I just I have the the bowl with the training wheels, so I can scoot around uh, on my bowl. Yeah, I remember having a lot of trouble trying to balance and stand on the poop bowl because it's so small. <laughs> stand on the poop bowl. Um, I guess you wanna. We don't have any mail today because we're both um, not in the. Well, actually, you have some mail. First of all, I do. I'm not ready for it at. This but I was second. gonna say I was gonna introduce into preguntas. Uh, I think I've got some, like, bills I could open up or just some, like, bank statements. That's good if you just want to show your account number. Mm -hmm. Yeah, talk about that. Thank you so much, U.S. Bank, for sending this in. This is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I just got, speaking of mail, I opened up my phone to look at the old preguntas, and I got a a spam email, and it's a one-sentence body, and the subject line is, your burial insurance. (laughs) (laughs) You forgot. Yeah, it says, and then first of all, I don't even have this, and it goes, $100,000 coverage, no age, no agent will visit, no waiting period, fast approval process. That's the whole email. There's not even a link to anything. So oh. is burial insurance uh, insurance in case you accidentally get buried? Like <laughs> yeah. they will pay you, like, like if you have a million dollar buried burial insurance, like if you ever accidentally get buried alive, they'll pay you a million dollars. Do they like help d- bail you, you out? Bail you out? Yeah, is it like triple A for accidental <laughs> burial? Or or is it for after you're dead, if somebody just happens to dig you back up, they'll put you back? No, what they, what they do is, if you get buried alive and die, the company will track down your already dead body and then put a treasure chest full of gold in your hands so that when someone um, else digs you up, they reap the benefits of well, your Well, no, it's, it's so you go into the, the the next life with riches, just like how they buried people in ancient Egypt, you know, with a bunch That's of gold. It. It's like, you need a treasure chest next to you. Um, and it's so not even can, just yeah. a, a service, it's an insurance just in case your family doesn't put the treasure chest of gold <laughs> in your hands. <laughs> just so, yeah. I know the kids are going to fuck up. I better like, fucking get this shit. Yeah, you leave them the treasure chest in your will so that they will put it in your coffin, but those greedy motherfuckers, they just make off with the treasure chest. <laughs> <laughs> but luckily you've got burial insurance, so you'll go into the next life like a god. <laughs> That's those the next idiots. like relationship advice thread on reddit is like i think i found my husband's mom's gold burial chest in his closet did he keep it what do i do danny are you danny gonzalez on twitter yes okay follow us on twitter at danny gonzalez at eddie burbeck and at gus buckets look at me the only fucking rube without his own name here guy uh, and ask us all your preguntas. That's questions for our English-speaking viewers. We have a, uh, a question here from B. Limparis, who said, Who is the most iconic Steve in all of history? Oh, oh shit. Fuck, dude. So not I mean, even I a Steve, say Steve Steve Jobs is the first that comes to mind. Yeah, Steve yeah. Jobs jumps out of the gates. So is this a pregunta or a disagreement? Is someone having a disagreement about this? This is a pregunta, I believe. Full-on okay. pregunta, yeah, yeah. Um, Laura's dad's name is Steve. So I was gonna say guys, Laura's dad. I wasn't sure yeah, if we were saying okay. Steve Jobs or Laura's dad. Heavy contender, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, would, I'm sure most people listening would think Laura's dad. Right. <laughs> um, and truthfully, it, it, I mean, there's no way to make it not sound like a meme, but if you're just going off of not accomplishments, but even fictional characters, the most well-known Steve ever. Minecraft Steve has to be on the top ten most known Steves in all of history. Yeah, I would say so. I would. It would I mean, it's have the most, to be. 
Does, do most people know ever. that his name is Steve, though? I think a good deal do. And I think enough do that it would make at least number 10. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. Um, uh, I suppose Steve Irwin was pretty iconic as well. Yeah, I would say true. definitely even the first answer, though, actually, like, Steve Jobs, and I know people are, I'm sure there were, you know, smartphone prototypes before the iPhone, but, like, the iPhone coming out, like, fundamentally changed how we live our lives. Yeah, and that's so true. There's a lot going on now that wouldn't have happened without Steve Jobs. And, like, and, sure, you know, somebody else might have done it, like, you know, the droid could have taken off that much, but, uh... <laughs> Uh, I don't yeah. think it did, and so you gotta I'm, credit him. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot in the world that's changed uh, because of Laura's dad that That's we probably true. don't even realize on a day-to-day basis, but, I mean, yeah, he's invented so many things. Didn't I he invent count, um, the cotton gin? He invented the cotton gin, yes, that that is true. Uh-huh. Um, he invented shoes. Oh. So, Thanks, yeah, most Steve. people, yeah, most people don't know that, um, but most of our parents... Uh, as we all know, grew up without shoes, and, and Laura's dad invented those. Right. Damn. And so that must have been tough for everybody uh, pre-shoes. But, yeah, we just don't know, know what that world was even like because of Laura's dad. Yeah. So the worst part you. is he wasn't able to get a patent on those, so he hasn't made a dime off of shoes, but he did come up with the idea. So he didn't even start selling, like, one brand of shoes. He just, like, came up with them and then just let everyone else run with it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and unfortunately, you know, he will die without a penny to his name because he just hasn't, you know, he, he can't, he's he can't like, profit off the shoes. He's like, I made this one prototype for shoes and now everyone's selling them. I wish I could make some money off these. That's like yeah. if, if, like, fucking Tesla just, like, sidled into the back, like, of an office and just like, hey, guys, just invented, like, electricity. Sorry, you guys are way cool. I'm just going to leave it on the desk and just get out of here. All right. Welcome back, boys. Sorry. Uh, my computer just uh, freaked the fuck out for a bit. And now we're back. Gus, what's the question that you we left off on? Yeah. <laughs> so the question here is from f- at Fuzzyhead Miller, and they say, Sometimes when we're playing Smash Bros, my roommate will get on his phone just like in the middle of the match. He does this when I'm already losing, and it hurts my feelings greatly. Is what? this mean of him, or do I deserve it for being dookie? What a disrespectful dick <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> Even if you're, like, the guy in last place, I can't imagine any situation in a tiny, short-form multiplayer game where you should just pause it like that to what, text Wait, did someone. he say that he pauses it, or does he just straight-up get on the phone while playing him? Oh! Oh, okay, I, I'm not seeing I assume, any mention of a pause. Yeah, because I think like, pausing oh, it yeah. is annoying, but staying on is just like disrespectful and a power move. That's like, what I, I think can he's talk doing. On the phone oh, and be your ass. Oh man, so it's it's still kind of like a bit of a dick move. I've played with people, not Smash, but like short form multiplayer shit, where they'll be like, "Hold on, one sec." Like one of my uh, floor mates in freshman year of college, like we'd be playing like COD or something, like one v ones. He'd be like, "Oh, hold on," and he'd like pause it to text. I was like, "Dude, wait." A fucking <laughs> real world minute to do this. Dude. Like this is so fucking rude. Yeah, that used to drive me insane. For uh, did you guys ever play Little Big Planet? No, no, I never did. It was a really fun game on the PS3 where you could play multiplayer, but it was kind of like a platformer where you would all move the camera by going together in the level. But the main character had all the pausing power and power of the camera. And when I was 12, my my friend John got his first girlfriend in sixth grade. And if we went over to his house, he would like play for 30 seconds and then pause it, be like, hold on. 
And it was just constant <laughs> that for the oh, entire no. hangout to where we were like, dude, you just need to figure something else out. Like, this just doesn't work. I hate and that. And so I said, That's leave your girlfriend. Yeah. That's good. I'm trying That's to figure out if this is, like, really an issue or not. I feel like it is pretty annoying, but not maybe not for the reason that he thinks... It's just kind of annoying to be, like, hanging out with a friend and for them to be, like, taking phone calls. Right. Like, it's so not, like, something I would talk to somebody about, but maybe in the moment I'd be like, come on, man. You know? Like, it's not, like, a sit-down-and-talk issue, but it is, like, a... Yeah. It's just disrespectful. You ever had a friend, too, like, that is just so... Like, just can't walk away from their phone? Like, you specifically are just like, let me just show you something? Like, because I had... Same fucking guy, too, like, in college... Where, where I, we never watched movies together, and I prefaced, and I was just like, hey, man, like, I want to show you one of my favorite movies of all time. Like, let's just sit down and watch it. And I just, like, three times during the movie, I had to be like, dude, you're on your phone. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, no, I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm watching. I'm just like, come on, dude. Fucking put that thing away. Yeah, it's the worst when oh, you're trying you- to show someone something that means a lot to you, and they're just, like, on their phone and missing the best parts. Especially, it. I think the whole line graph of it gets worse depending on how short the thing is. Like, if it's, like, a f- one-minute video and they pull it out, it's like, dude, you couldn't have waited yeah. one minute. Yeah, yeah I feel like people don't really even realize that that's kind of disrespectful and they're, like, you know, because I feel like sometimes when I'm, even if it's not a phone, if I'm showing someone a video and they, even if they're enjoying it, they'll, like, say something to me during the video, and, I'll, mm-hmm. and I'm like, shut the fuck up, you're missing the video. Yeah. Like, yeah. They'll be like, oh, is he going to do that? And I'm like, no, 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 just watch. Just watch. <laughs> My The wholesome grandma and mom version of that that I had all the time when I was growing up is I used to spend hours and hours at my grandparents' house, like, making my little YouTube movies and stuff, and I would, like, work all day on something, and I'd be in the back of the basement, and I'd go up, and I'd be like, grandma, like, here, come look at this, like, video I made, or I'd tell my mom, like, come look at this thing that I made and it got to the point where they would interrupt so much that I would specifically preface and just say like hey just uh, if you want to just watch like the whole thing it's like two minutes just watch the whole thing and then like let's not talk until the end because there's like a lot of little bits in there so like just don't say anything <laughs> invariably every single time I'd get 30 seconds in and, and my grandma would be like oh I got that pair of shorts here let me remind me to have you send that homeless oh, man. <laughs> or like where did you shoot that and it's like don't I told you! Like, how do you forget so quickly? Dude, just enjoy the comedy. I think that's something, I mean, especially with with parents, but I feel like it's, like, very especially with moms, where it's like, I'm just, I know you want to talk, but just watch the little, it's one thing. Just like, that was... It's it's the worst when it's, like, a comedy thing, and they'll talk during the setup of a joke, and then see the punchline, but be like... And just, like, straight face through it because they missed the, the build-up. And so yeah. it's like, you missed the joke. I swear it was funny. Tony and I have gotten talked. to a point with our mom where if we're showing her something that we have to say, and don't do the dishes while we're watching this. Stop, <laughs> yeah. like, turn the water off. We have to is show that, you this. Is that, like, a parent thing? Because I feel like that's – I all my friends have talked about, like, their parents doing that kind of shit, though. Like, just, just always – and not being aware of it, too. Here's what you know? I fear is there's a couple of parent things that seems to happen to every parent, and I feel like it's just going to happen to us. Like, I know. I'm so scared. Uh-oh. Like, wh- is there going to be a point where a flip just switches in my brain and I'm like, I'm just going to be a little worse to wait staff? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, is that going to – like, my parents aren't, like, bad to them, 
But, you know, there's still even moments where it's like, to me, I'll go like, oh, it's not a problem. And they'll be like, no, we should fix this. And it's like, yeah, you're right, but also, like... It's fine, you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> I'm, I'm I don't even I, know if they're aware of it sometimes, you know? Dude, I'm, I feel like I'm lucky because I don't have any stories like that. I feel like my parents are actually pretty good, but one of my best friends, his dad just seems like the worst around uh. waitstaff. He, like, he'll do shit like if there's a wait at a restaurant to get seated, he'll just go and sit down. Oh, like, my even, God. Like, oh my with God. their whole family. So then, like, the whole family is like, well, I guess we have to also go sit down. So they'll go and <sighs> sit, and the waitress will come over and be like, hey, there was a wait for this seat. And he'll be like, well, we're sitting here now. So And then oh they'll just God. serve him. Oh, my God. That's the worst, that. dude. Because that fucks with, they have a whole system for, you know, hosts, like, putting people in different spots. For like yeah. tips and sh- what the fuck, man? This I I've told this uh, a long time ago on the podcast before, but like we, we joke all the time that sometimes my dad, who is the sweetest man ever, will get situationally overwhelmed and just kind of have to throw his hands up. But sometimes that that all of that overwhelming feeling culminates into like a restaurant meal on a family vacation or something. And I remember one time when we were on a family vacation and we went to like an Applebee's or something and a couple of the things were wrong. Like, oh, I ordered chicken nuggets, not mozzarella sticks, like a bunch of little things. And I could just see him kind of just getting kind of quietly peat overwhelmed and stuff. And the waitress oh, came no. back. She's like, how is everything? And <laughs> I, I know he wasn't even trying to be a dick, but he just goes like... Everything's wrong. <laughs> it's like, oh, nice and loud. <laughs> and we're just like, you can't just do that. <laughs> Everything's wrong. He just was so overwhelmed. Like, I can't even picture so your sad. dad doing that after me. Your dad, like, because I know immediately after she left, like we were laughing. My mom's like, Peter, you can't say that. She's like, I, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> he just got so overwhelmed. He's like, the chicken nuggets were wrong. Yeah. <laughs> the loaded nachos were wrong. What do you expect I mean, me to do? It's what I ordered, but they're just wrong. It's just <laughs> no. plain wrong. Pete's not happy right now. That that would be great if everything you got was correct, but he had this horrible feeling. Where he's like, everything's wrong. I don't know what, but it's wrong. Yeah, I can feel I, it. I mean, the man. food is amazing, but the political climate—it's just wrong. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just—it's not even that. Like, my parents are do anything bad, but I feel like I—I I feel like everyone who is younger that worked in retail or food has like a voice where you're extra nice. You know, you like you talk and it's like the tone I want to express is I'm not going to be a problem, dude. I'm the easy one for the day. Yep. Relax. And I love that cuz I loved when people would do that for me when I was working in food. You know, where it's like you go uh like, "Hey, do you want it uh this or this way?" And they'll go, "Hey, no no matter what, it's fine." And you're like, "I yeah. like this guy already." And I don't yes. want to lose that ever. And it's like you know, none of the service people are ever thinking like, "Oh, that guy's speaking kind of weird and directly." Like it's always a blessing. I again, here's another fucking bingo for you. I've said it a bunch before, but like, I my my family makes fun of me for having my kind of phone customer service voice because I'm like I'm very clear and kind of falsely like a little bit cheery and I have oh, good yeah. diction, but I'm like. I want there to be no misunderstanding that you're hearing exactly what I'm saying. Like, I'd rather sound like a little fairy tale princess character than, like, have you be going, what, what? And they're like, why do you talk so unnaturally? I was like, did they say what one time? No, I just ordered ten pizzas perfectly, fuckers. <laughs> anyway. 
You just See, I was kind of confused for a sec because you said you said diction, but you said you you enunciated it so well that you said dick chin. <laughs> Wait, guys, I want to hear it exactly. Can we? Can I be? I'll I'll be the the person answering the phone at a pizza place. Get your order ready, and I just yeah, want to hear it. Not even for the bit. I'm gonna tell you exactly how I do it. All right. Okay. Ring, ring, ring. Hello, this is Domino's Pizza. How may I help you? Hi, I'd like to place an order for delivery, please. Okay, what would you like? I would like uh, two medium, two topping pizzas. They're both going to be hand tossed crust. One of them's going to be all pepperoni, all jalapeno. The second pizza is going to be all sausage, but with half of the sausage pizza being an onion topping. Dude, if I was on the other end of the phone, I would think I was about to get, like, pranked so hard. Or something. <laughs> like, there's no way this dude is being so dude, nice. There's, yeah, there's a little bit of it where it's like, what's going on? <laughs> but, but, so- but you know what I said, though. It's that's true. true. Yeah, that's true. I didn't. But, I would. I wouldn't fuck that order up. That's it true. sounds like one of those. Have you ever used one of those prank call sites that has like pre-recorded responses yeah. to everything yeah. and like a character's yeah. voice? It sounds You're like it'd be one of those. Believe this, buddy. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> all right, and have a per- or a beautiful day, sir. And you just hear like, I will have a pepperoni, and yeah. it's just like you <laughs> ran out of. <laughs> I liken it to Rob Reiner in The Wolf of Wall Street, how he adopts that weird British voice whenever he's on a phone call. Do you remember that little gag? No, I don't actually. Where I he's like this angry, like, fucking Jordan, fucking, you know, just like New York yelling guy. And then, but Leo's like, yeah, when my dad gets a phone call, like, he, he'll be pissed. And then he'll adopt, like, hello, Gene. Right right away, sir. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then he'll hung up and be like, fuck, fuck, fuck. But it's like, uh, yeah. Gene yeah. heard him. You are Gene. Right. I am Gene. Dude, I got another little pregunta for you guys here, all right? Let's all right, it. let's take it. At P-X-T-T-E-R-S-S-O-N says, hey, what is a really weird phobia that you might have? Hmm. Shit. I don't, I don't know if I have, like, a weird phobia. I don't even know if I have any phobias. I have things that I, I don't like more than others. Like, I think sometimes that one, like, open ocean phobia can like oh thalassophobia yeah that'll like strike a chord with me but i don't know if it's really like a phobia like i can still get in the ocean you know yeah totally. Um, is it is it like the depth of the open ocean that scares you or just how open it is i don't i don't like when i see like deep like i i like when i watch a planet earth episode that's deep sea but when you see something like in the darkness of the ocean from far away kind of come out of the fogginess i don't like the look of that but it's not a phobia mm. I yeah. I share that one. Yes. Mm. Yeah. If I'm in the ocean and I get to a spot where I can't touch, I I am scared. I'm like, yeah. there anything could be under me and it's gonna eat me. That's now. like a proper. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even say because I'm sure some people have a phobia of it where they can't even see that kind of content. But I feel like that's a very proper fear to have, you know, because it yeah. actually is a very real danger. Yeah. Um, I don't. Do you guys have any actual like phobia phobias? Well, I. Yeah, you don't uh, hear yours first, Danny. I have a follow-up. Yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily like a phobia, but I I'm always like really worried about being late to things, so I show up like unnecessarily early to things mm. very often. Because I don't ever want to be late to things. I will like, say if I feel, I feel like, like I might be late, I I'm like really stressed about it. Every time we've hung out, I have been 
the not the first one there. So yeah, that, that makes sense. I've, I'm usually I'm late, so that's I'm like the opposite for it. Where that's why I feel extra bad. Where I'm like, shit, Danny got here at a perfect timing, and I'm yeah. Getting I always with. give myself a good buffer. Danny, what is it like? Does it kind of overwhelm you in a sense sometimes when like you know you're late, or or like do you feel like really embarrassed or or, or anything like that? Yeah, well, I uh, just I feel like when I show up and I'm late, I'm usually not even that embarrassed, but just like the if I'm like driving somewhere, the whole drive, I'll be like sweating like, "Oh fuck, I'm going to I'm late, I'm late." And I'm like calculating in my head how late I'm going to be, but then I get there and I like maybe it's awkward at first if I'm going somewhere where there's people and I'm uh-huh. late and um yeah, but usually it's just the drive to get there or, like, getting ready where I'm like, I'm going to be late and there's nothing I can do. One Dude, question I, then, re- really quick, Gus, is, yeah. Danny, do you get that feeling for uploading videos? Yes, Cause, immensely. Because I need that feeling so bad <laughs> and you upload so on time and so perfect all the time so i would understand well, I'm glad that, it seems that way yeah dude i'm always it, like how does danny do it i can't do that i i start to get that feeling the day after i post a video I'm oh like, dude that doesn't oh, set i'm gonna in. be late for the oh next video dude, that, that sets in for me when i'm a week past when i planned making the second video that's when i'm like <laughs> oh man i really should get to it I was curious then about like your pacing of your week like that, Danny. That was going to be a follow up. Is like, what does it actually like start that second? And is it for like a main channel upload, or is it like the sense to make something else? Like, hey, I got to make some Twitter content, or maybe like some second channel stuff. Like, when do you kind of reset to be like, okay, here's the next big thing? I always am prioritizing main channel videos. So if I finish a main channel video, I'm like, okay. This is the next thing I got. I got to figure out what I'm going to do next on the main channel. And if mm-hmm. there's any time in between where I'm like, um, like I don't have a good idea for the main channel, and if I do, if I do have one for the second channel, like that's when I work on the second channel. It's like any time in the meantime, I'll work on other stuff. But it's mostly just like I finished a main channel video, time to start working on the next main channel video, and then I work on Damn. that until I finish it, and then I start again. What about like music stuff or projects that aren't like as frequent for what you put out? Um, those just kind of come when I have a good idea for them, which I feel like has been less frequently lately. Um, but that I don't really have like a schedule thing for those. I do kind of have like a little bit of guilt when I'm like, damn, I haven't made a song in like a couple months. I should probably Mm -hmm. do that, but it's not as pressing. Also then do you for like video stuff, then I'm assuming, I think we've talked about this before. So I think that's why I already have like half the answer in my head is you, you treat like kind of like not just very distinct but you have like a work week with like hours that you definitely work for right yeah yeah it sucked lately because of quarantine because i would um before structure a lot of my week based on when laura wasn't home uh i think i said this in a q a recently that i did on my second channel but like i when laura is home all the time now i don't know what day it is anymore because the only way that i knew if it was a weekday or a work day is if laura wasn't home um mm-hmm. so yeah. i haven't it, known like, the, the day of the week and, since i finished my last class in community college in like 2017 i yeah, like have yeah. not known the day of the week since yeah but usually i structure like the, that's kind of how i would keep from burning out is like i wouldn't I wouldn't work too much because if Laura worked a nine to five, I would also work a nine to five and stop when she would get home. So, uh-huh. 
that was a good way to structure that. It. Honestly, that well, that happened too. Even when um, when Chrissy started working during quarantine, that's when I had two videos come out like a week after each other because I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, mm-hmm. I have something to structure off of, not just like hanging out all the time. And that's especially just like when, <laughs> like Gus, you'd have especially because like our channels work so independently. When it was just you know me and Gus in the apartment, like. Gus, you'd be like, I got this today, I got this today, this tomorrow, and I'm just like, yeah, man, I'm, I think I'm playing God of War, and then maybe I'll I'll probably run and get some hot wings later, and that's pretty yeah. much the schedule. <laughs> it yeah, was Eddie, so much how easier. do you is is when you post just based on when you have an idea that you think you uh, want to dedicate the time to make a video about, or do you have like a I should probably post this many videos in this amount of time or something. Um, it's become more of the first thing. It's more now of like, I mean, I don't know. Cause you know, there are times where I've been talking, you know, with you or drew and I think it was like maybe, God, it's like a year and a half ago now where I was posting like every week and trying that. And then mm-hmm. I think it's just the way that I operate. I think you can tell when I'm making a video about something that I just sort of care about. Like I never make a video about something I didn't care about. But you can tell there's like a clear, stark difference between something I really, really want to make and something that I'm making almost out of like necessity for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, that's the thing is I, I feel like because of the podcast and because of Twitter and now because of like Twitch, I can especially like do content in other places and then be like, oh, because the thing is I didn't even back when I started making commentary videos before I like had, you know, a following. It was the same way. I would make like three videos in like two months, and then I have like a month off. It w- it's like it's never yeah. changed with how I've I've made them. So yeah, that that's that is interesting the- that you say that you feel like people can tell when you don't care. I feel like from watching your videos and like other commentary people too, I notice the only time I notice effort or like how much someone cares about something is when they really care. Like when Drew made the video about um, the console wars, I was like, okay, this is something I know that Drew cares about. Right. Um, but I like any other video, it's just like, uh, this is, this is just what they're making a video about. I don't know. I like, I can't tell how much they care about it. seems like they cared enough to make a video and it's a good video nonetheless. So I don't know if I've ever really thought like, I can, I don't, I mean, I can tell like when a video, when I don't like a video, but I don't know if it's ever because I can tell that the person making it doesn't care. Yeah. It's, I think especially with, I would say just for mine, when I can speak on that, it's like, I can tell even just watching my shit back that like the editing is slightly worse and there's less of like a vision (laughs) for the video, you know? Cause I'm just like, yeah, that's fair. Like, I think I think especially with mine now, a lot of it is like, oh, this would be cool if I did this or this. And then, like, if I go back to – it was when I posted, I think, like, the Caitlin Bennett video and then I think one of, like, the fucking Plain Potatoes ones. And then there were two other ones that were literally just me going, like, okay, I need something to make a video on. This will probably be fine. And I just think for me personally, it's like I, I – you, I can tell that it's like I'm doing worse of a job because of it. Mm-hmm. And that's where mm-hmm. it's like I don't think a regular schedule will ever work for me because it's just like not how I've ever operated with like even homework back in the day. Like I was bad at doing homework in high school, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. I definitely think a regular schedule is a good way to set yourself up for failure in a lot of ways. I don't, Gus, you don't have like a regular schedule that you post on. You just kind of do whenever, right? I yeah I have a general outline and I've I've 
you know, like move that around a lot in the last few years. But right now, generally speaking, it's about like once a week, the day is very fluid. I don't really care about the day, but sometimes yeah. it's like, ah, fuck. I, well, I don't want this to be like a Sunday video. Let me drop it Monday. Maybe like, maybe Phil will put it in the show. Maybe like the Reddit surge will come back when people are back to work or something like that. But very rarely, it's just like loosely once a week, like, hey, here's a new sketch. Uh, I try to do one longer video a month. Uh, that that fluctuates a lot too. I have a longer video uh, that I'm very excited about that I'm working on right now, but that's an off podcast one. Uh, but yeah, it's about once a week. But but the thing is too, and, I, and I've spoken to this before again too, as I use that preface for the third time in the podcast that like I will have days where like I will do like a Twitch stream and then like send emails and maybe make a couple business calls and then like. Maybe, I don't know, do a project around the house where it's like it's a full day's worth of shit, but I'll still feel like, you know, because I didn't specifically maybe like write a script or like yeah. shoot a main video or, or do a little editing on a main channel video, I'll be like, I didn't do anything today. I feel so fucking frustrated. But it's like I did all this other shit, though. You can't just be like working on a sketch every single day. I don't I, know. It's I think what balance. saves yeah, me totally. from that mentality, and it's to a fault sometimes, though, is that like... For me, a lot of the times I see a day of more like leisure or like socializing as in even if I'm just like playing a game with Tony as almost like putting in my time for like my relationship with my brother or something. You know what I mean? Where it's yeah, like, totally. oh, to, like I I don't feel that guilt because I put that energy into something else today instead. But like mm -hmm. also you don't see like any. <laughs> Not in a weird way, but, like, there's only returns with work. You know what I mean? Like, you're yeah. going to play – if you play 15 hours of Skyrim that day, you're going to feel like it was wasted even though it made you feel good because you don't have a tangible, like, oh, I did this thing. Yeah. And but, yeah, like, yeah, I, uh, it did help. I, I fully – yeah, I totally agree with that too. Like, it's, it's been nice giving myself more personal time, especially at nights and stuff. I, I think one of the reasons that I have such an incessant feeling of like, fuck, I didn't do as much work today. Like, I feel like I'm never working is because I've, I've either started talking with people about projects or started projects or have been falling behind on things. So there's always, no matter what I do in a single day, a general sense of like – yeah, but I should probably, like, I haven't fucking emailed Comedy Central back in, like, a month, you know? Mm. Like, shit like Dude, that. Where it's, like, that feeling doesn't so, go away. When the emails start to build up, that's when it gets stressful. Dude, I can't, And you're like, like I don't I even remember all the emails I'm supposed to respond to. Exactly. I've got, I've got uh, <laughs> on my Gmail, which is supposed to be my good business one, I've got uh, 2,500 missed emails right now or unread yep. emails. Oh, no. So, so yeah, I, I get that. When they started building a while ago, and then I just decided... He'll probably just go away one day. <laughs> Danny, do you ever uh, – you strike me as a significantly more personally and business-wise responsible person than myself. But do you ever find yourself in situations where maybe you'll you'll respond to somebody or, or you'll like agree to do something or like express interest in it and then you realize you can't – probably can't follow through on it and you just have to be like, fuck, dude, I'm sorry. Like you just have to back out of stuff. Like how often does that kind of happen? Um, I feel like I more err on the side of trying to say no to things up front. Mm -hmm. Um, but Same I, here. no, it has happened a couple of times where I just like get, get in too deep and I realize I don't have time to do something. Yeah. That's like the worst feeling in the world being like, so, you know, that thing you counted on me for, Yeah, it's not happening. It's so <laughs> it's never going to happen. Dude, I, I fucking hate it. And the thing is I keep thinking I'm getting better at doing that shit, but then I'll be in like a good spurt of time where I'm like, 
you know what, I'm feeling physically good right now. I don't have anything on my schedule super concretely besides myself, you know, projects for like the next two weeks or so. Like, yeah, I could probably like I could probably go do that show or like, sure, I'll I'll talk to you, put in two hours and do this video with you. And then it's like, oh, fuck, maybe two days later, a bunch of shit comes up. And then I not only have to fall behind on the things that I expressed interest in. Meanwhile, the emails are piling up, like DMs and, and text messages are piling up, so I'm not responding to friends and family. And then it's like, sometimes I'll have it and be like, oh my god, I told that guy I was gonna do this thing, and a month went by. Like, I know. I remember I had, it, uh, there was one nightmare week for you, Gus, where you had, you had a week back for tour, and yeah. leading up to it, we were also like... Just loosely being like, oh, we could do this this night or whatever. And then you were kind of doing that of like, oh, I'm back for that week. So if somebody asks me to do something in L.A., I'll just like, I'll do it then. It's a week. And then I remember you were like, I think I booked 10 things in seven days because I just just (laughs) Yeah, I remember being like, buddy, (laughs) no. such a fucking embarrassing situation last month, too. Like, And it's not like I'm not hurting the guy by mentioning it. But I a couple months ago, like... uh, Another YouTuber friend of ours like reached out to me. He was like, I got this friend. He does like game production. He's really interested in you doing a voice for the video game or something. And I checked it out, and I was like, this looks really fucking cool. I could definitely make some time to do this. And so like, I touched base with the guy. I said, I'm definitely interested. I can talk to you next week. And I just I looked, and I never got back to him. It just was one of those fucking things that fell through the cracks. And then oh, like man. publicly, like a month later, I just happened to come across his Twitter, and he just put out an open casting call for that position he's like hey I'm, oh, no. and i just and i'm like n- not even a scrap mad i just felt so embarrassed i was just like oh my god like this poor fucking guy like was kind of relying on me and i just like it got to the point where he probably i wouldn't even blame him if he was frustrated and like fuck you here's a public casting call for this i was just like god damn it i'm so mad at myself for that but anyway um, i gotta shit, but i gotta stop the recording real quick because my dopey camera only records for 30 minutes at a time so it's okay. gonna stop recording sure. anyway uh that's that's the vibe so <laughs> hey uh eddie what do you uh what was that, was that your <laughs> okay just for everybody who's listening i think we had a moment where just danny had to restart recording on his camera and gus's way to jump us back in was anyway that's the vibe yeah. well it also it also was like we were both silent after that so it yeah. sounded like gus like finished this really personal story and neither of us had anything to say about yeah. it because i didn't i didn't know what to say to anyway that's the vibe because there was yeah. no discussion for like 20 seconds beforehand and then just yeah. anyway that's the vibe i guess that is the vibe now that you say it yeah really honestly gus genius dude that truly is the vibe I'm the fucking glue that binds this show together. Don't you it. <laughs> All right, uh, Eddie, I'm pretty excited right now because I think I think it's time. Danny, can you please say this with me for a, a little bit of mail? All right, guys, PO box is is listen. It's not a damn storage unit, okay? And we're listen. not accepting any packages, so don't send them in anymore, please. But it's, we have a few more. If you're thinking, hey, maybe the post office is a storage unit. It's not a damn storage unit. Just get oh, it I was wondering, head. can I send some stuff to you guys? I just need to store it for a little bit. Uh, I Danny, need to get it out of the house. Danny, what did we so just say? If I could store some stuff at your P.O. box. I think you said it was a storage unit. It's not a damn storage unit. That's the only thing we said it wasn't. Oh, it's not a storage unit. Right. It's, it's not just, a damn storage unit. 
you think you know a guy, you know? <laughs> you think you know a storage unit, you know? You do. All right, I'm opening this uh, thing here. There's a top secret UV pen with a little black light in it, so I am going to go around the building and find cum everywhere. Thank <laughs> God no one's on the set right now. Yeah. <laughs> what else do we have in here? Oh, we have some beautiful artwork. Oh, it's a painting, Eddie. Oh, I want to see it. Oh, I'd love can't. to see it. I wish I could see it right now. I'm picturing it's, it. It's great. It's yeah. so just full of paint and oh, it's canvas. Dis- I'm picturing it right now, and it's disgusting. Oh, what the fuck is that? If oh, my goodness. If there's one thing I like about paintings, it's the ones that are full of paint. <laughs> just slathered in the stuff. I want that uh, painting to drip for years. <laughs> This is a beautiful painting. It is a painting of us on the cover of the fictional rendition of Extra Cheese Please featuring Whoa. Gus and Eddie. That sounds is, awesome. Can you take a photo beautiful. and send it in the Discord? I will take a photo and send it in the Discord. This yes! From, I would love to see that shit. From Casey. So thank you, Casey. I thank assume you, that Casey. that's John Kasich, who is just uh, going by his nickname. So thank you, John Kasich. John John Kasich is um, the the one of the boring guys from the 2016 election, right? Oh, I that's so. right. I was trying I remember, to remember why I remember that name. Him and Biden went on like a tour after the election where they're like, "Let's just bring America back together," and it worked. And both sides love each other now. And thank you, Joe <laughs> Biden and John Kasich. Um, this okay. is a super sweet note here too. This is from. Oh wait, yeah, that was from Audrey. I guess maybe somebody else sent it in, but Audrey is. Th- is 13, and Audrey says, I'm 13, this is the first time I painted people. Damn, this is pretty good, Audrey. This fucking rules. I mean, sorry, this this freaking rules. Sorry, sorry, This freaking rules, my guy. I mean, honestly, for me, like, a good painting that I would do, like, the compliment would be, like, I can tell who you painted, and she definitely got that, so. Yeah. That, props to you. I can, yeah, actually, it is really, um, especially, like, I'm looking at, it. Gus looks exactly like this in person. I do look like that in person. Watercolor and all. Down to your orange shirt. His face is actually canvas print. Oh, yeah. It's got this, like, canvassy texture. (laughs) Please don't touch my face in public, especially now, but even, like, after all this shit's over. (laughs) That's, dude, anyone who's touching faces, even before this, what are you doing? Yeah, fuck off with that. I mean, the double cheat kiss stuff. I don't think it's coming back, boys. I'm sad to say. I here's oh. my thing though. People are like, are handshakes dead forever? I think people are gonna be extra touchy once there's a vaccine. That's my guess. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, can see it. I think hugs no are back double, immediately. No more double kissing on the cheeks. We're going triple kissing on the lips. <laughs> Uh, Drew uh, made fun of, we, of me when we met for shaking his hand instead of hugging him. Who's laughing now, Drew? I didn't. I was trying to stop the spread of COVID nineteen back in twenty eighteen. That's it, dude. I I get I get joking ribbing guff sometimes for always. I am just a to the death handshake guy though. Like especially in like business situations. I don't care. I feel like that's a safe middle ground. Just be like, I'm shaking your hand. Hello, haven't met you before. And and sometimes be, people will be like, ooh, a little Midwest nice here or something like that. And I'm like, that's just it's safe to shake hands if you don't know the guy. That's what it was drilled into my head as a kid, where it's like you shake somebody's hand as a sign of respect when you meet them. And so that's I have it. to do it. Yeah, I feel like it depends on the relationship, though. Well, the thing like, is, at the time, I hadn't even met Drew before at all. 
And oh. so that was, uh, I, I mean, I, I hug you guys now. Well, yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't right now, but later, sure. I hu- yeah. <laughs> I'll hug you right now. <laughs> Danny, I'll drop drive a over. I'm coming. <laughs> uh, the amount of times I've heard Eddie drop a pin, I'm coming in my life. <laughs> <laughs> drop a pin, I'm coming. <laughs> <laughs> what would the purpose if, if of you're dropping? quick, I can get there before I'm done coming. Come on. <laughs> you're just. You're not even touching yourself. You're driving over, and you're so stimulated that you're yeah. trying to make it before you. You're finish. driving over. You're still on the phone. Oh no, the highway's closed. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm still coming. Hopefully, the detour is fast enough. Did you drop a pin yet? I still don't really know where I'm driving to. I'm just driving. <laughs> um, yeah. wait, Gus, is that? Are we doing one piece of? Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna make this puppy last. Who fucking knows when we're gonna get this shit again? This is our government mail ration for the day. Okay. So anyway, that's it for uh, ma- 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 mail. Oh, mail. 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 That's good. I wonder how. Question. What's up? I was gonna say. <laughs> sorry, the way he said what's up. <laughs> I was just all I was gonna say is I wonder how out of sync that sounded actually so- with all of our connections, man. <laughs> No okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. This podcast is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast right, is so epic. this is a good one. This is tied into a little bit of what uh, we were talking about before, but I was just I was curious to hear, especially from Danny too. Uh, at Angela Kiwi said, "Do y'all think about editing choices for a video while you're filming or writing, or like do they just kind of come in afterwards?" I'd say all of those like possibilities. You know what I mean? It just depends on the edit. Yeah, yeah so like I if feel you guys like are doing a bit, you're, are you just kind of thinking like, oh, here's where I'm going to put this, and like I'm going to here's the general pacing and stuff, or are you just kind of going off the script or something? I um, would say, well, Danny, I don't know if it's the same for you, but I, there's some bits that I'm going into thinking of how I probably will edit, and then there's sometimes just like a a chunk of footage where I'm like, I want to make a very edited bit out of this, so I'll choose after where I'm like, I want to spice it up a little bit. Um, yeah. But how do you usually do it? Yeah, totally. I usually, I mean, I feel like I edit all of my videos in the same way where I know how a joke will come off with my editing. So I sort of write my jokes with how I edit in mind. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely that. And then there will be some jokes where I know, like, I'm going to have to edit this a certain way to make this joke work. Um, and But then, yeah, totally. When I am editing, I will... Like, you can turn things into jokes kind of when you're editing, too. So you Mm. can make decisions based off of, like, while you're editing, if you think something would be funny that you didn't realize before, you can edit it a specific way. Mm -hmm. There's also, I would say, for all of us, I'm just wondering uh, if you've had this moment where sometimes I'll be ready to record a video, and there'll be one specific joke where I'm like, this is going to be the the best part of the video and i'll record it and i'll get to editing and i'll be like this is not good at all i just have to dude that happens to me all the time i'm like why the fuck did i think this would be funny yeah and i think it's because when it's a joke that you think is that good maybe it feels extra forced and i'll watch it back and i'll be like this did not this doesn't land with me even and it landed with me in my head before yeah Mm. yeah just something about editing like makes or just Saying things out loud, I think, makes things not funny sometimes. Like, you can mm-hmm. write it down, and in your head, like, the writing is funny, but then you actually say it, and it's like, that's not funny out loud. Uh, yeah. I Especially, think sometimes... Oh, no, wait, you go for it. 
I was I was gonna say especially with um, some like inside jokes that are still funny out loud, but the second you try to explain to anybody, and you're like, I want to bring you in on this, but it sounds yeah. so stupid, and yeah. you need so much context and backstory. Yeah, <laughs> like we, I I almost just said that and then tried to pitch an inside joke that's been making me laugh recently, uh, but I'll just I'll just tell you later because it needs so much context again too. Um, but I, I think especially, like, when I think of, like, editing and stuff from a sketch standpoint, like, sometimes when I'm, especially when other people are involved, uh, I, I like to think I'm getting better at being kind of, like, a director position and, and being a good communicator. But sometimes I get a little bit, like, uh, you know, if I'm trying to juggle things in my head and trying to remember stuff and I already didn't, like, pre-plan a lot of the stuff very well, sometimes I'll just kind of be in survival, like, just get all the assets mode where I'm like, okay, well, I know I might need, like, just a squeak or, like, somebody saying a quick line or, like, a quick whip shot and then, like, I know I'm not making sense to other people and then I, I don't want to be too much, you know, like, move people around but sometimes I get to the point where I'm like, here, just... Uh, Sabrina, just yell, ah, just do exactly what you're doing, ah, ah, yeah. okay, good, like, we're, I know it doesn't make sense to people, but in my head, I'm like, I'm thinking of the edit, I need this sound in case I need to cut these two things together, and so I, I try to not make that confusing and frustrated for other people when I'm in the moment, and I'm just so, going like, Eddie, jump, just jump and go, e, just get e, okay, thank you. you know? I don't yeah, think it, I've experienced that end of it too much, but I think... Like, well, would you uh, usually wait? So you're saying like a group of like, I think these come more from your character ones then, right? Of like getting just like a bunch of, of those things. Cause I yeah, haven't like, had that moment where you're like, make this noise real quick. I usually feel like you do a pretty good job at giving context for that stuff. So maybe it's I just like the sketches it. we do together are separate. I've I think so too. And, and I think ours just feel a little bit more like relaxed and fuck aroundy as opposed mm. to like asset acquisition. But I think especially like, like uh, all the stuff that I've had to do for Comedy Central, which have all been like, you know, like the sketches I'm sending. And again, I'm, I'm writing them like I'm editing them. Sometimes Sabrina's editing some, some of them and stuff, too. Like uh, I, I just know, hey, if I if I'm running into a shoot again, it's like maybe I'm showing up 10 minutes late and I got four people here and I haven't even like printed the scripts to them and shit. And, and I'll just be like. That is the situation where it happens the most when there's mm. lots of other people involved that aren't like, you know, the the close circle of people that I just feel gotcha. super comfortable with fucking yeah. around with. And then I'll feel like, fuck, I didn't prep them enough or I didn't prep enough on my end. And it's like, I know how I can fit this together, but it's not worth the time for me to sit and explain stuff like, hey, I need this in case this happens in editing, in case I fuck up the mic on this or something like that. And it's just quick to just be like, just do this quick. But I mean, that it's just I hate it because it makes me just seem so frantic, like as a director. Even though, like, mm. it's like I know it's gonna work out, but I just I like having people know what they're doing though on the yeah. set. Yeah, I'm glad that I don't have to really film with other people that much because that sounds real. Like, the jokes that I write, like imagining trying to have to explain to someone else how to like uh, execute the joke seems really stressful. Like in the exact way that I would do it seems really stressful. Mm -hmm. It's, I've been told too, like, not in like a, hey, fuck you, stop doing this way, but like, I was told that something that I had had a habit of doing sometimes when I brought other people on, and especially for the, probably like the five to 10% of the time that I fully write out a script ahead of time, uh, I I've, have a habit of like getting somebody in, and I'm just like, like you say, like, I know how it's going to sound the funniest, or it's how it's going to look the funniest, and sometimes I'll have a habit of not like, Saying like, Danny, just think of it as if you're saying this line and you're happy. I'll I'll be like, Danny, I want you to go, 
ah, blah, 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 blah. Like, I'll yeah. give you the exact yeah. inflection, and I'll just line read for you and stuff. Back in the like, day, like, at par nine, that was not very helpful, I guess. Oh, say, no, too. yeah. It's because oh, yeah. I think that's I, – I didn't even know that was, like – not supposed to be a thing. And then I heard in one of those like round table talks, apparently if you do that in Hollywood, an actor will like leave. Like you're just not supposed to line read to them at all. And it's like the reason I was doing that stuff is because I had failed so much on the, like before the set shit, you know, like I didn't give people materials. There was no table reads and stuff. So it, it is in that moment. I know the end result what what's gonna work and it's like i did not do a good job of telling people like oh this is how it should be or like here's what you're supposed to feel so in that moment i'm just like oh fuck i'm running out of time just just say it like this thank you okay sorry like and then i just would do it and it's still annoying to people when i do that though you know the thing is yeah i don't get how people uh, do that correctly like professional directors though like i don't know how you kind of it's a way of like coercing somebody into saying the thing you want you know what i mean yeah i know you sort of have to like tiptoe around it and try to think of other ways to say it right without being patronizing that's like a skill that i'm sure it's like that's why i think directing is so goddamn hard for like good movies is but honestly oh yeah go ahead uh, really that was it it's just because it's a really hard skill i think yeah, I was going to say, honestly, I feel like it might even be helpful to tell someone exactly how to say it if it's, it's specifically if it's like a comedy scene and mm. the actor is not comfortable with comedy or like hasn't done that much before. If you're working with like a well-established comedic actor, I could understand how it's like, mm-hmm. don't tell me how to deliver a funny line. But if it's someone that's like not comfortable acting funny, then I could see how that would actually be helpful to be like, okay, just tell me exactly how to deliver the line. I don't know why I thought of it, but that perfect example is, yeah, I think on the set of Dirty Grandpa, De Niro probably needed some line readings of how to (laughs) to deliver things. And I don't know, do you guys know any person that's seen that movie? Because I don't. No. But it was advertised so much. It was. It looked very, it was just like, oh my God, this is a huge deal. It's sexy and De Niro. And then like, it did nothing culturally Sorry, or wait. financially. Hold up. Did you was say that? sexy and and De Niro? or So sexy isn't separate from De Niro or De Niro is sexy in that movie? Well, I just was like, set, like kind of pouring it on top, you know, like a little garnish on top. Like Tony, can you throw existing. up a photo of De Niro and Dirty Grandpa really quick? And so you think that's sexy, Gus? Okay, I mean, context. Tony, do me one more quick favor. Just right next to that existing photo, toss up like just a 2012 photo of maybe like Mitt Romney. I fucking knew you were gonna do Mitt Romney, dude. <laughs> Whoa, is there like a Mitt Romney love triangle going? Gus on here? thinks that 2012 Mitt Romney is hotter than 2012 Obama. Not politically. I was not old enough to vote at the time. I Mitt Romney is politically hot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> politically sexy. He is. He is very politically sexy. Um, no. Twenty twelve. <laughs> I don't. At the very least, Danny, can you agree it is a toss-up? Even if you fall on the Obama <laughs> side of the fence for the looks. Again, okay, I would have voted for Obama. Let me take Mitt's, a look. See, he's got that thing, man. <laughs> Obama won the popular vote for hotness, but Romney won the electoral college of hotness. (laughs) Um, No, I think Mitt Romney looks kind of like an Adams Family looking motherfucker. What? Those are smile lines. 
No, no, no. I'm talking, He like, his brow is always casting a shadow over his eyes, and it makes him look like Frankenstein. No, it makes him look like a man of intrigue that you want to ask about his many adventures. And his adventures as a Utah Mormon? They have mountains there. <laughs> what kind of fucking mountain adventures do you think Mitt Romney's going on? He just would go a tell whole, it on the mountain. A whole box of <laughs> Levi jeans up to the peak and just sitting there <laughs> and looking around saying, yep, this is God's country right here, baby. <laughs> You hear about these jeans? Boot cut. They just came out. <laughs> he meets another hiker on the mountain that's in like full workout gear and Ren Romney's in like a pair of like Levi's or something and just kicks the box and goes, hey, see these bad boys? Drag these up all the way from the base. <laughs> jeans, Why? a jean shirt, a jean jacket, and a denim hat. <laughs> That's and insane. somehow denim hair has been. Yeah. <laughs> Do you? He's got, he's got blue hair. hair. It looks like he dyed it, but you look closer, and there are threads of denim just. Coming <laughs> out of they should start making hair plugs out of that. Like, start getting middle school jeans that keep ripping Why? off and just Why? implant them in. Dude, so, that so would Romney be sick. can go full denim, dude. That's so where he fucking lost 2012. Not enough denim, dude. So the hairstyle would look like your regular hair, and as you get to a receding hairline, it looks like when you cut jeans into jorts. Yes. <laughs> just like hanging <laughs> threads off of it. Oh, yeah, so it's not your whole head. It's just like the hair plug section on the, on the sides. It's like, yeah, you have jorts hair. It's like, you know how Jay Leno had that little, like, black streak in his silver hair for all those years or whatever? Yeah. Like, Romney's just got a little patch of, like, denim thread in the Dude, front of his... Dude, that would be tight. <laughs> that... I might have to vote for him if he does that. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm a single-issue denim hair voter, okay? The only other years. cool thing I could think of would be, like, a Raggedy Ann, like, red yarn type situation. <laughs> oh, like, and the like, dress. red yarn. Yeah, you can't go without the dress. dress. Easy. Just spray paint him or something. See, Mitt Romney should have done that, done that in the 2012 election, except, uh, or, I mean, instead of calling half the country poor and that he didn't like them. Yeah, that yeah. was... <laughs> those say, two I have things. binders and binders of women. <laughs> there you go, yeah. Oh, man. Um, well, uh, normally... Gus, check this out. No What's that? Normally, we end abruptly, but uh, we're not... That's it. That's it. That's it. That's the episode. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I had to say, so. That's all Danny had to say, so let's end the episode now. Do you think I I can maybe close this one out since I didn't really get to, like, Yeah, no, why don't you go close it out? Okay. Um, Just wanted to say That's it, guys, for the Gus and Eddie podcast. We'll see you on the next one. Yeah, make sure you like and subscribe, and that's it, so. Thanks for closing out, Danny. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. In fact, invite me back next time just to close out. I'll, I'd be totally down. Cool.